On today's episode, we discuss the benefits of joining a small boutique brokerage. Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now, on to our show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with... Drew Grasklas, who, by the way, is the sales director for one of the one of the largest producing small boutique firms in Charleston. But before we get to Drew, just a couple of quick reminders. Please, as always, tell a friend about our show. Just think of one other agent that could benefit from hearing uh, from Drew, for example, and send them a link to this episode or right over to our website, which is keepingitrealpod.com. Every episode we've ever done can be streamed right there. No podcast app required or pull up a podcast app, search for Keeping It Real, hit that subscribe button. And last, please leave us a review. Whatever podcast um, system you might be listening to this on, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, etc. Let us know what you think of the show. Leave us a review. This is how we continue to grow and get better and better to help better meet your needs. So enough about that. Let's get on to our conversation with Drew Grosklas. Today on the show, we have Drew Grossklass from William Means Real Estate, in, which is also Christie's International in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, let me tell you more about Drew. Now, Drew is the Director of Sales at William Means Real Estate, which is Charleston's exclusive affiliate of Christie's International Real Estate. He also serves as the broker in charge for the firm's Mount Pleasant office. Now, Drew brings a wealth of strategic sales, marketing, and analytical talent to the firm, drawing on more than 20 years of real estate and development sales, also marketing, advertising, and promotions experience. He's a licensed real estate agent and currently serves on the Charleston Trident Association of Realtors Board of Directors, which is, he's also, he's the treasurer actually of his local association and also the South Carolina Realtors Board of Directors. So he's involved at the local and the state level. Uh, Drew graduated from the University of Northern Ireland, uh, Ireland, 
my apologies, Drew graduated from the University of Northern Iowa with a degree in accounting and received a master's degree from Western Illinois University, not too far from where I'm recording right now here in Chicago. But please, everyone visit Drew at his website, uh, which is charlestonrealestate.com. Drew, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. And I've never been to Ireland, so I would like to also go there. But uh, no, it is Iowa. But but thank you for that. Well, I, I've been to Ireland. I've not been to Northern Ireland, though. Um, and uh, there's, you know, always debate about, you know, when, when or if you should go to Northern Ireland. But, uh, <laughs> right. um, but uh, I was thinking, I just saw the movie Belfast, which is all about Northern Ireland about a week ago. It's a sure. fascinating movie. So I've got that on my brain. So my apologies there. But welcome. <laughs> welcome to the show. Um, Thank you. Drew, very excited to have you here. I was, Drew and I were talking prior to um, us going live here, and we were just talking about, you know, how Charleston is just on everybody's must visit list. And, you know, right now it's, it's, it's just been a darling, a vacation darling for gosh, I don't even know how many years, but it seems like everybody I know, especially uh, bridal parties or or, um, bachelorette parties, I should say, Uh, guys, guys do guys trips there, there's golfing, Um, that area, it's just got about everything anybody would want. Yeah, yeah. And it's really been amazing over the last 20 years. Uh, Condé Nast, Travel and Leisure, we've been the number one city in both of those publications for, for years. And it really, it, it has exploded. And then, you know, then we have some uh, famous people, Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively got married here. And uh, then we're a little nervous to say they got married on, uh, you know, here uh, because of the place they got married, but, um, but, but had famous people as well. And it, it really has become uh, just a, a Mecca for tourism. And it's, it's, it's understandably we have the history, the food, the beaches. Um, so, so amazing real estate, obviously, when you combine all those things, but uh, it, it is a place and it's, it's a place living here and I get to visit lots of places, but, uh, and I always come back to where would I rather live than Charleston? And it, it is hard to think of another place. So, so it's, it's an amazing place. And I would imagine that since we're, we're also familiar right now with places like Nashville, Charleston, Austin, um, you know, just, just these places now that have been opened up for a lot of us that used to think we were chained to our physical location and through COVID started learning, oh, we, we can work remote. Obviously, the real estate agents maybe don't have as much of the freedom there to do that. But as a lot of people are moving to Charleston, um, even just in the last few years, although it's been going on a lot, long time before that, of course, I, I imagine, so I, it's part of me thinks, oh, it must be a great time to be an agent in that in that area because there's so much activity. And then I think, but there's also gotta be a lot of competition from agents as well. So I, uh, I'm i curious, um, have you, cause you've been there for quite some time, you know, what's it like now being an agent in that area, you know, that, that yeah. it was sort of prior to this big boom. Yeah. So, so it really is, is a, a crazy situation to be an agent and a difficult one. And I tell agents who call me this all the time uh, because it is a very sexy place, obviously to want to be, because we do have, and, and over the last couple of years, remote people with remote and I'm, I'm moving from New York, Atlanta, Chicago, uh, you know, I, I don't have to be there. I want this place. It's great. Uh, we have about 7,000 agents and we have a population of about in the Charleston Metro, you know, 400, if we expand it out, 800,000 people. So that's, that's a lot of agents. And actually, 
you know, it was kind of interesting. We were up near that number in 08, 09. The crash happened and we lost half the agents. And that probably is the number that worked out well. And now after the, the coming years, we've built that back up to double again. So it, it's, it's uh, you know, it's one of those things where if we have an agent truly relocate from somewhere, we're like, you better have a plan for a year not to have any business uh, because it's that competitive. Uh, and, and I will say this, Charleston has an, a tremendous history. And there are a lot of things as far as where you grew up, your name, as far as the way you market here. Uh, so if you don't have that, you can be successful. We'll, we'll talk about different ways. I see agents being successful, but um, but but it's a lot of work in Charleston. It, it, it really is. And, and don't get me wrong, as a real estate agent, you're like, well, why wouldn't I want to sell real estate that has history and beaches and beauty and totally get it. But there are a lot of other agents that are saying the same thing. Sure. Well, I think you brought up a really good point. I, I sort, of, sort of want to go back to it because I think it's not just applicable to, to the Charleston market, this, this advice that you gave about if you're moving there or you're a new agent, for example, you know, you better have a plan or you better be prepared to, you know, um, just work for a year, maybe without a whole lot of income, if any. And I think, you know, that's probably not dissimilar from, um, and of course, increased competition where you are, but just in general, like newly licensed agents, of course, um, you know, probably no matter where they go, unless they join a team where there's a lot of leads, sure. um, it's, it's, you know, it's important because people ask me all the time, they just got their license, you know, when, when can I start making money? And it's like, mm, it just sort of depends. But, um, but I'm curious. So when, when you do uh, have somebody who, who is relocating and isn't, you know, somebody was born, raised, has a great sphere of influence. And again, I, I think just talking about this uh, with relation to Charleston, I think is, is applicable to a lot of our listeners for sure. wherever they live. Um, how, what, what do you tell them to coach them, to keep them motivated and sort of keep them engaged, even though it might be kind of a depressing, you know, sure. first year or sure. two, um, sure. you know, how do you do that? Yeah, well, you know, real estate is sales. And so a lot of that, you've really got to understand a lot of things you're doing may not show right away, right? We're not making widgets so you can make 10 of them and, and sell them right away. Um, so I like to talk to people about building their real estate resume. Uh, and, I, and I think people, uh, there's a lot to that. Um, and one of the things here, right? So, so an example with Charleston would be, you know, do you understand historic architecture? There's books, there's tours, there's a lot of things that you can really learn a lot about historic architecture and historic real estate. Um, and then you can obviously apply that further on to, okay, let, let's talk about beach real estate. It may be newer construction, but you'll under, want to understand about hurricanes, hurricane rated windows, and all of that type of things. To me, then you've got to figure out how you uh, let people know that you've gained that knowledge. Again, I call it a real estate resume. It, it can have your bio of where you went to school. Because again, all those little things that people find out that you know, have knowledge of, or connections to you are things that you can use to help garner business. Uh, so I, I usually tell them to add as well when they go somewhere new, go to your local association and become involved in that as well. Oh. Get knowledge about what's going on. 
Um, you mentioned I serve as treasurer. I'm actually currently a first vice president. I'll be president in two years. Wow. Um, I'm also on the South Carolina Forms Committee, which isn't necessarily a sexy committee to be on uh, when you deal with forms. But boy, do I get a lot of information and knowledge about why we're changing things that I can convey to the agents that we can talk about um, when they're conversing with their clients about language in a contract. Um, I was just at the NAR legislative conferences in DC two weeks ago too. So, and, and seeing kind of the whole process. Again, those things are time and that's not necessarily time to get business, but when you convey to people that you have a knowledge of the industry, it, it, it's just huge and it sets you apart, right? That's how you really set yourself apart. Obviously then you add all that and, and if you get that resume, then it's communication. And, and so, you know, I'm always, however you have it, an Excel spreadsheet, all the names, as much information about people as you can have and that communication with those people. And again, then as you go to an NAR conference and in, in legislative and you talk to people about what's going on in the, the bigger world of real estate, um, you know, those people remember you more so than than maybe just receiving a postcard that they see from a lot of different agents uh, that you have knowledge. So, you know, I just think doing as many things as you can be involved in uh, to, to garner that knowledge that you can pass on to that client to show them, hey, this is a person that knows what they're talking about. and I want to work with them. Yeah, I boy, I couldn't agree more. I just recently got involved. Uh, this is my second year of of participating with committees at the local level. And I, boy, I wish I had done that a long time before. And um, just because, well, there's a lot of reasons why, but, but I think you get connected to not only the, probably the movers and shakers of your local market, or at least a lot of people, uh, you know, you, you just get access to people. And then also I get connected to people who like to volunteer and also make things better. And that's a fun energy to be around when we're, you know, thinking about competing for deals nine hours a day. And, and, and maybe we're in, in listing presentations and we're up against three other agents. Um, and there's just a lot of that competition and, you know, cooperation thing, but, um, getting involved, uh, is great because, um, for me, I've just got access to, to people who I wouldn't have got had access to before. And we get to share ideas and plan events. And, um, and it also, uh, one thing you, you didn't mention, but I, I wanted, because you're probably too humble to say it, but it also makes you look like a leader. Um, I mean, if, if you know, you, you now do have additional knowledge that someone else wouldn't have who isn't involved. And that goes a long way. Um, I know our, our managing broker um, is, is very involved at, at the local level. We have some people involved at the state level here at our company too. And that does not go unnoticed by the community. Um, and so I, 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 I could not agree more strongly with you to get involved. And, and it's just a lot of fun too. Um, right. right. Yeah. Well, and, and I think any industry that you're in, um, you know, you really should want to engross yourself in that industry, yeah. right? And so being a real estate agent, okay, buying, selling, you know, customers, clients, get that. But to understand everything that goes on because it is your life, right? You are your own company uh, and, and, and you're a company in this industry. So understand it. The other, the other great thing I would say, and you make a tremendous point about showing that you're a leader, um, it's agents who can do this, not just brokers, yeah. you know, that type of thing. Um, but really agents. And I think then that passes and shows leadership when, when a client wants, uh, is, is really looking for a real estate agent, they're looking for someone to lead them with knowledge in their purchase. 
And so getting that experience as well in leadership, it shows your client that you're, you're a leader in getting their deal done as well. So it, it, it's, to me, it's something that I think a lot of real estate agents maybe don't think about. I think they're thinking more, okay, uh, kind of the, the ball up the hill of, of making sales and getting listings. Uh, but, but again, that bigger picture thing can really help uh, expand your business. And I, th- I think you brought up a good point, a really good point too, I'd like to go back to about learning about your local market. Of course, any reasonably decent uh, real estate training program would tell you to learn your local market. But I liked what you said, which was even going sort of a step beyond and Charleston's kind of known for all of this amazing history. And so there's a lot of real obvious things to learn about, but it is really important that you know that history because of course, clients may ask about it. Charleston is rife with history and to spend a year and not that you're not also looking for business, but to really spend a year immersing yourself in that knowledge is going to make you so valuable, especially if people are moving from out of out of state and maybe they're not as familiar with the area. You now have this wealth of knowledge. I think it's something that doesn't get talked about as as, as much as it probably should for, for agents who are struggling. It's like immerse yourself in this knowledge of the area, whether it's historical or, or current knowledge or just even studying the MLS, <laughs> you know, of course right. is important. Right. Well, and, and, and to add to that, right, uh, what I say, too, is think about that knowledge that there, there's a tremendous amount of knowledge on the Internet, right? And so these, these clients now, yes, they're going, yes, they're seeing, think about what they can't find on the Internet. Learn those type of things, right? So, and that's where, again, with Charleston, again, some historical architectural points, you're probably not going to find that on MLS description of a home or even unless somebody digs really deep, again, think about the information that somebody can't find on, you know, we, we won't name the big name sites, but, but something that's in a description, that's the type of information that people are looking for. And that doesn't just apply to historical, right? It can be, okay, things about a neighborhood, sure. uh, you, you know, some of those little factors of, of oh, there's a, a great little wine and cheese place down the street. And, and again, that type of information where they can't find it on the internet, and they hear you tell them information about that uh, and give that knowledge, man, that, that just goes so far to showing them that you know more than, again, they can just, just find from, from typing into Google. Right. And, and that's, you know, those, those big firms are, or those big tech firms, which have, you know, are public and, and client facing that, you know, the entire MLS is not under lock and key. And it's, it's kind of neat, I think, in a way, I'm curious to get your opinion, because clients, of course, now will find their own properties, um, they don't really need us to unless there's something that isn't listed. And, and of course, we have a maybe if there's a private network of listings, they would need to use you. But but, you know, really, you can bring all this additional knowledge that it frees up the time, I think, for the agent often. If if the client's already looking for properties on their own, they already have their list. They probably know those properties maybe even better than the agent by that time. But they, you're right. The things they don't know are that, you know, those intangibles, like what's, what's it like to live in that area? You know, if you have a family and, and what's, you know, what is it like for school and what's it like for socializing? And, and just having all of that knowledge is something that isn't as easily find, findable online. Sure. No. And, you know, a great a great one here in Charleston, obviously talk about the historic, but it's travel time. Right. Because you'll see a lot of websites that say, oh, it's it's eight miles. 
well, you know, how is your life going to be, right? Is that time taking kids certain places? Have you really looked at? And, and you know, a real estate agent can say, okay, well, this is this may look like it's a further distance away, but where you, the roads you have to travel and in Charleston, we're unique because we have a lot of water. So it's very limiting. And so when you have that knowledge, I say to somebody, yes, but that's a, that's a 45 minute drive during prime time versus this other area that, that's a 20 minute drive, but it may be 15 miles versus eight miles, right? So, cause a lot of times people don't know the weeds of kind of travel time. And to me, anywhere, m- most places we were, uh, everybody cares about travel time and that type sure. of thing. So, you know, having that inside knowledge to say, okay, and, or it might be, hey, you know, if you're a retiree and you really don't need to travel at these times, here, here's a great area to be. But boy, if you've got to get the kids to soccer, to ballet, <laughs> to those type of things, maybe we need to look in a different area. Again, knowledge that you're not just going to pop on Google, right, and see that about an area. I, I think, too, you know, we're sort of talking about it casually as having this knowledge. But I really think that knowledge, at least from my perspective, is maybe the knowledge that makes the difference oftentimes. Um, it, because I, I suspect many agents don't and again, I, I can't speak for any agents in your area, but even we have about 800 agents at our company. And I'm just trying to think about how how they, how many of them might go about it. And, and many of them aren't going to have that knowledge. I think, I think if you go that extra mile to learn that information and then be able to have those conversations, oh my gosh, you are so valuable to somebody. Right. Um, it, right. It's almost a guarantee that somebody's going to go, wow, I, I will gladly pay you or, or, you know, the commissions maybe aren't going to be as important if you can give me things that will save me 20 minutes a day on the road. Um, You know, that's a big thing. And uh, it sounds like a small thing, but it's really a big thing. Um, Buying the house is a huge thing, but all of those little things that, you know, it's like um, here in Chicago, we have to think about, you know, when we buy, like we're buying here in the city. uh, I I thought about this when I recently bought my place. I said, I'm going to go buy, because I'm in this really high traffic, uh, very social kind of area, very hip and trendy, a lot of bars and restaurants that stay open late. And I thought, I'm going to come by before I buy this place and and see see what it's like at Wednesday at 10 PM. You know, is it is right. it crazy or is it totally quiet? And I, I wouldn't really have known unless I had did that. And so, but, you know, and I was my own agent, so I didn't have somebody to sure. ask, but, but boy, that would have been great information for an agent right. representing me to be able to tell me. Right. Um, right. Let I would love to talk about, because of course you, you guys are facing the, uh, you know, same inventory shortages, maybe sure. even more so than, than some other parts of the country because of how popular Charleston is, but I'm curious on how, you know, rising interest rates also are, are becoming a challenge. Um, what are you doing? To, what are you saying to your agents to keep them motivated to sort of sure. keep their business moving forward? Um, even though, despite these real obvious challenges. Sure. Well, uh, you know, one of the things for me is with the agents is, is being optimistic. And so I just find negativity never gets you anywhere. Um, so, you know, one of the things in these times, because we hear a lot of the woe is me as real estate agents and no inventory and, and it, whatever it may be. Uh, but, but now is such an amazing time to show your client why you are so good at what you do. And so, yes, with inventory, it is a little bit more of maybe knocking on doors and really, you know, under rocks and really trying to find properties for somebody and and really explaining to them how to make the best offer and how I can help you structure that uh, to make the best decisions to try to get a home. 
now is such an amazing time again for agents to really show because it's 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 showing them the value of an agent. It's not just we go look at 10 homes, we narrow it down to five homes, we do second showings on three homes and and we write a contract and, and we get through it. It's really okay. I got to dig in and work. We got to talk about maybe making some concessions on what we want. Um, how you know, how are we talking with the mortgage? Have we structured it for us? Things like, you know, and, and sometimes difficult conversations like, okay, we might need to remove appraisal. Do you have cash on hand to do that? Okay, are we going to try to do an uh, inspection report before we write a contract, which is a typical here? But, you know, it's, it's those type of things now where if I'm an agent, I go, okay, now's the time where I really get a shine and, and be amazing to my clients. And, and the other thing, and, and jumping back a little bit too, to again, that knowledge that you have and now these type of things, those are then when the person calls you back in three years and says, hey, we're ready to change. And you were the one who knew the ins and outs and you were the one who worked hard during the tough market that now you know, we're ready to upgrade or we're ready to downsize or our kids are ready to buy a home. They're calling you. And that a big part of our firm is referral and repeat business. Um, and it's those things, those are the reasons that people come back to us. I agree. I think that's very well said. Uh, I'm curious with your agents, because of course, inventory is is in short supply, as you mentioned, you've got to you know, um, be maybe sometimes more creative now to find uh, some of these properties. Um, are you finding that any that agents are, for example, people that aren't reaching out to their agent to say, I, I think it's a good time to sell. I'm ready to sell. Maybe there's, uh, you know, there's obviously people that need to sort of be prompted, right? And sort of need to be told, hey, it might be a good time to sell. And of course, it might not be as well. But right. um, are, are your agents, are you finding success with getting listings with people, with, with homeowners that aren't necessarily chomping at the bit to list a property? Sure. It, it's, it's overcoming the issues that they have, right? And how you do that. So you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, it's 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 great time to sell and I get it, but where will I go? Right. Okay. Right. Well, you know, let's talk about that. And, 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 you know, there is some conversation to say, okay, but you always wanted this and, and don't get me wrong. We're not going to be a sell high, buy low situation, but it may be a great time for you if you really wanted to be an X, Y, Z and that we're going to get the most for your home. And maybe I can find you this property we've always been looking for. So let's try to create solutions or, right, it's, it's the people who say, well, I don't have anywhere to go. Okay, well, right now we can get clients to really give us six months for you to stay in your home. So during that six months, we put on the push. And if we get to month four or five, we say, okay, let, let's go rent somewhere, right? But, yeah. but you're always in a better position to have that home sold rather than try to do the whole contingency, right? Because a lot of people yeah. don't, that's a scary word right now and they don't want to hear sure. it. It's coming up with those solutions to people, the obstacles to sell. And so that's really, again, where it, uh, you know an agent can shine to say, okay, um, there's always a solution, right? And the solution yeah. may not be great and they might say, okay, that, that's, that, that makes me too nervous. But there are a lot of different ways we can structure things to say, okay, let's let's figure this out. We we really can have some ways where we can design some things to, to, to get this done for you during this time in this crazy market. I'm so glad that you brought up the rent, uh, you know, maybe sell high and, and rent if if you can't sure. find something to purchase, because it at first glance, I think that's something that 
owners might have a visceral sort of negative reaction to, oh, I don't want, I don't want to rent. I'm a, I'm an owner. I, I have this beautiful home and I don't, I don't want to go into a condo or, or, you know, whatever else I might be able to rent. But it is kind of a, I think agents that bring that option to the table, I don't think most agents tell homeowners that, that who aren't necessarily looking to sell. I don't know how often that's brought up. And I think it's a fantastic option to bring to somebody, whether they want to do it or not. I think just bringing that option saying, Hey, there's some luxury apartment buildings down here. That would be, uh, you know, uh, uh, similar to your current lifestyle in, in, in your, in your, you know, whatever, uh, uh, type of home you have. Um, or, or, you know, luxury or non-luxury apartments, but there are options, like you said, where let's, if we, if we run the numbers here, I mean, my, my boss just did this. He had a home, um, well, I won't give specifics, but he had a home somewhere in the country who, which appreciated an insane amount, like an insane amount where he, he's like, I, I, I probably need to sell. He had nowhere to buy. And, um, and he, he finally found something sort of last minute, but he was like, I guess I'm just gonna have to rent for a few years, but it was, it was such a, a profit to him, um, to do that, that, and he has three kids, um, and, sure. and a wife. So, you know, but, but they, they explored that. And I think that agents shouldn't be afraid to have those conversations because that, that may be the best solution right now for someone. Right. Right. And well, and it puts someone in a power position, right? It's a low stress power position, especially again, in a competitive market of competitive offers, you know, not having again to have to sell that house or worry. Again, a lot of people in, in more normal markets fear that that two mortgage situation. Um, but but even if this, you know, okay, well, what if, you know, I get one under contract and, and the world changes quickly and I have two mortgages? All right. Well, if we sell, Right. And we go to that rental option. You know, you, you, you don't have that concern anymore. It's low stress. You're in the power position. Um, that's a very big thing. Once people start to hear that explanation, are there some inconveniences? Of course, you know, if you have kids, dogs, um, but you'll find we, we always find it. And, and we have a tough rental market, too. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sure. People are paying high prices. Us uh, here but again, too. <laughs> that peace of mind. And when we're talking the amount of appreciation, that extra little bit of rent per month, really in the grand scheme of looking at numbers is not anywhere near, but to be in that power position of being like at the snap of finger, say, okay, yep, now we can move on this house that we do want. Um, you know, it, it's, 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 it's just a, a great position for, for them to be. And a lot of people don't think that way. Um, they do think, well, we got to stay in the home. We got to have the next home right ready right away. We got to do a dual closing where we're closing the same day. No, we, we, you've got some options. Yeah. I think that's really, really smart. And this really brings me into this question that I would love to, I, I, I very rarely get to speak to, uh, well, in, in Illinois, I always call everyone a broker because that's the only designation we have sure. here. So, so I apologize for, for the people who are listening, who might be confused. I'm just going to say realtor just to make it easy, but sure. I very rarely get to talk to broker owners, uh, or, or people in management like yourself, sure. because I, we traditionally just talk to, you know, really just producers who are not in management. Um, and I, I know you do both. Um, I am curious to hear because, uh, again, um, from a, you know, not just an agent's perspective, but somebody in management, um, what you think the role of a firm is to the agent? Um, because sure. I, I know that, you know, our listeners uh, are are always thinking, am I at the right firm? Should I consider another option? Um, am I getting what I 
need and deserve, or am I asking too much for my brokerage? And of course, we know that brokerages all oftentimes can promise things that may maybe are exaggerated or whatever. But I'm curious to, to hear your thoughts because you guys have this wonderful boutique firm. You're, you have sure. a very successful office, and I'm curious on what you think the role of of the office is to to sure, the agent. Sure, sure, yeah, and we have a, a probably a different thought than a lot of places. Um, so you know, the big thing that starts with is actually me. I am not. I do not sell real estate whatsoever. I am strictly a sales director, broker in charge. Um, and to me, that's very important. We have a lot of firms in our market where, honestly, uh, the, the broker in charge is trying to get as many sales as the agents. And to me, you know, that creates kind of a conflict. Sure. Um, and I'm really available 24-7 to our agents, right? Because I'm not trying to work a deal. I'm not, hey, I'm in a closing right now. So I, I can't get to your question because I'm having a problem with my deal. I'm helping with everybody's deal. Um, so, and then I can also give perspective on pricing and, uh, you know, if they have trouble or if I need to meet with clients to help them understand how our firm will help our agent. That's the other big thing that I would say that, that I, I think an agent should really look for in a firm is somebody who can give you answers. You know, we, we tell our agents all the time, never be somebody who goes uh, and gives an answer that you hope is right. Always say, let me, let me find out. That's a great question. Let me find out. I've got someone I can call right away, me. I, we have an attorney on retainer that I can call, or, or we have state attorneys like, like other people. Um, but I found as a homeowner too, right? I, I had an issue recently, right? Where I had a pipe break, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're a homeowner and you go, okay, wait, I'm in real estate, but I don't know who to call right now. I need somebody to help me and I need somebody to help me quick. And I need somebody who can give me an answer. And that's the, one of the worst feelings is when you don't know what to do, who to call. And so for our agents, we give, Hey client, I know who to call. If you have a problem, they call me, I know who to call. if I have a problem and, and kind of on down the line. Um, we also are a full service brokerage. And again, other Business models are business models and, and, and great, but what we do, we have a marketing director, marketing coordinator. All we want our agents doing is working with their clients and listing and selling. We don't want them writing anything for the MLS. We don't want them taking any pictures for the love of goodness. Um, you know, and, and so we just want them to focus on, you know, that client. And, and we also are brokers. We don't have a closing coordinator because we're like, we need you as an agent needs to be with that person all the way through the process. And actually, most of their clients become their friends and, you know, they're having dinners with them after closing. And again, this is the referral repeat business. So our model is really give the answers, have someone you can call at any time who can answer questions and, and be there. And, and again, I'm also um, then try to do things that, that show I'm on the local, the state and even the national level of being uh, informed on how this business is going to operate uh, in, in unique times like we have now. I think that was so well said. And I'm going to unpack just a couple of things in, in what you just said, because I want to make sure our, our audience understands. One of the things Drew said that is incredibly powerful and also 
And I'm curious, Drew, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm going to, I'm going to call it rare here in Chicago. I'm assuming it's rare in Charleston as well, though you'll correct me if I'm wrong, which is Drew said, hey, I don't go out and sell real estate. And you have in the past, but your role now is I am 100% dedicated to assisting my agents, which means I'm not out there working with clients. I don't go to closings. You, you know, I, 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 you know, maybe if it was you buying or selling your own property, but, but that's probably about it. And, and the idea is, no, I need to be here for my agents. That is often the, the term that, that I hear sometimes used. They call that sometimes a non-competing uh, managing broker or non-competing management team. Um, these is incredibly rare. And I only know, and I'm pretty well connected here in Chicago with lots of the different offices. And I only know two offices <laughs> aside from ours. We have the same philosophy that sure. I don't go out and practice as well. That is a huge thing. Um, and it doesn't get talked about enough because most firms don't do it that way. Right. But the fact that you are non-practicing or, or right. non-competing is an enormous benefit to your agents. It, it, it is rare. And, and, and I will say this, we've had a couple other firms in, in Charleston who've, who've followed our model, right? And which, which is great because uh, that shows success when people imitate. The, the other funny thing that I will say about me that I think is important maybe to the listeners a little bit is I actually have never sold real estate. Now oh, I've never, been, okay, I apologize. Well, and that's, a, and that, I think the interesting part, and, and trust me, I've been so involved and so entrenched with agents um, in, in getting deals done that I, I, I have worked with clients I have dealt with. And, and but the other thing to that is, um, in some ways, I bring uh, a perspective also to the clients, right, that there is someone when they have a problem that I am there and I'm on conference calls, Zoom calls right. at their home, that they feel an assurance of that firm. They just don't have a real estate agent. They have a firm that is yeah. working with them. And so that's the other thing, not just about non-competing, and, 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 but, but that there is, is somebody there with them who are helping them that are giving them advice. But, and, and again, using my uh, education level, experience level, right, that, that they go, okay, you know, even if our agent is saying the exact same thing as he is, you know, it gives them an insurance that, okay, they know what they're doing. And, and I give the same answer. If they ask me a question, I don't know. I said, I don't know that. Let me find out. Because always... You know, and we always do want to go to attorneys if we get in certain situations. Uh, but I can tell them, you know, even give them a pretty good idea through through my years of experience that, that this is probably what the attorney's going to say. We're going to talk to him, but but this gives you an idea so you can be prepared. So again, it's that it's that next level that you can add to somebody. And and when you go on a listing presentation, whether you you have somebody you can take with you to do that. Or you just let them know there is this person. Um, and we'll have a lot of times where an agent will call me and say, hey, I just had a listing pr presentation. I talked about you. The person would like to talk to you. Give you a call. Great. Have them give me a call. And then when we talk, I, I'll be honest, pretty much 10 times out of 10, that person years, uses our firm after they talk to me because they have that confidence level. Yeah, I'm almost curious if you see yourself more relating more to since you have have not been in in sales and I apologize for for misspeaking sure. earlier okay. um I wonder because I'm the same way. I've never practiced. I've been here for 12 years. I recruit agents. I consider myself a marketing guy. That's my background. Um I know you've done marketing as well in your sure. background prior um which we didn't we didn't get into but I know you're a marketing guy and also an accounting guy. And and so I'm curious um do you I always because I don't practice real estate directly, um, even though we have hundreds of agents here at our firm, um, I, I, I connect 
uh, or I see myself as relating more to, to the, to the customer. So I think that, and I, I'm not in the same role that you have where I, I have to provide that level of support. We have people, other people here on staff to do that. But, um, but I always think I'm always more connected to the consumer experience. And I think that you feel, I, I don't want to again, put words in your mouth, but I'm curious if you feel connected to that consumer experience because you consider yourself a bit of an outsider, even though of course you're not sure, really, sure. I, but yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I think, you know, from a real estate agent in this day and age, right, where they're psychologists to their clients. I'm sort of a psychologist to all of my real estate agents and then to sometimes to their clients. Um, but one of the things I find and I try to uh, make sure agents remember is what it's like to buy and sell a home when you're the person doing it. Right. So, yes, I've got a showing. And remember what it's like when you had the two year old and the four year old and the two dogs and had to get them out. Yeah. Remember that when you're talking to a client, remember uh, the idea of, OK, clutter and how how do I want to hear about, OK, we might need to take down some of those family photos that line the stairwell. Um, right. And you can't even see that there's a wall behind an amount of pictures. Right. So. Right. It's kind of that, hey, yeah, you're a real estate agent, you're trying to get a contract, you're trying to negotiate a deal, but but remember the humanity of it too, and the scariness of it too. And again, going back to those questions that you 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 don't think of, um, that you're trying to help them remember um, and, and and be relatable to, hey, this process isn't easy, but I'm that's why you have me here to help you. Um, again, a little bit of psychology. That, that you're doing with your client. And again, as me, uh, as, a, as, a, as a manager, as a non-selling broker, uh, then, then don't get me wrong. I have the agents who come in and sit down in my chair and, and literally we're going to do a 30 minute talk just for them to vent about, sure. about a, a client. And, and that's, you know, and that's kind of, so, so me being in the realm also of, Hey, it's really hard to be a real estate agent too. Right. And I, and I have to kind of help them through that. And again, that's where some positivity comes in to, to get around that negativity and be like, we're going to get through this and there's options and there's solutions and we'll figure them out. But two, I got to be, uh, I don't have a couch. I have a nice leather chair, uh, but I probably could have that couch as well to kind of get, get through some of those times. But, but it, it really is that, that psychology and, and remembering what it's like to be, you know, that customer client and buying or selling. I, uh, I have to pause for a quick, uh, quick break for one of our sponsors. And, but I'm going to ask a question that I'd like you to think about and we'll, we'll bring, we'll, once we, uh, finish my little live spot here, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll answer, sure. which is about leads. Um, I know as you know, you get that question, I'm sure when people are inquiring agents, maybe considering joining your firm. And, uh, I know I get that question a lot, especially from agents who are struggling or newer, um, and of course, leads being one of the scariest parts of the business, not having enough, where do I get them? So I'm curious to get your thoughts on what is the role, if any, of the firm with respect to helping an agent either pass leads to them or, or help them generate leads uh, or a combination of both. So before we do that, quick uh, message from our our, uh, our amazing sponsor, which this is one of our favorite companies in the real estate space, which is called Follow-Up Boss. Now, I've interviewed hundreds of top realtors from across the country for this show, and this is absolutely true. The CRM that is used by more than any of our guests, of course, it's follow-up boss. And let's face it, following up is the key to taking your real estate business to the next level. Follow-up boss will help you drive more leads in less time and with less effort. Now, don't take my word for it. Robert Slack, who runs the number one real estate team in the United States, 
He's his follow-up boss. He's built a $1.5 billion business in just six years. Follow-up boss integrates with over 250 existing systems, so you can keep your current tools and lead sources. And the best part, they have seven-day-a-week support. So you'll get the help you need. Uh, just Drew was mentioning he has seven day a week support for his agents. They have seven day a week support for their agents as or, or their customers who are agents. Follow Boss is so sure that you're going to love their CRM that for a limited time they're offering keeping it real listeners a 30 day free trial. Now this is twice as long as they give everyone else. So, but you have to follow this special link to get the 30-day free trial. And by the way, no credit card required. They're so confident you're going to continue to use their service. You can totally do this risk-free, but only if you follow the special link, which is followupboss.com forward slash real. Again, followupboss.com forward slash real. Uh, follow up like a boss with follow up boss. And now back to our episode. So Drew, um, wanted to talk about how do you answer the, Hey, I'm thinking about joining your company. What kind of leads do you have? Cause right. I know you get, you must get those calls just like we do. Of course, of course. And leads are very important and follow-ups very important as well. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I would say, and, and where we as a company, you know, more and more of our money goes to the technology, right? It, it is, it is the, the getting lead generation. Um, now, the, and, and especially given our market, we are a destination market. So a lot of people are searching for us. There, there's no doubt about it, whether they intend to move here or not. Trust me, when, we, when it's uh, January, the lead numbers from New York and the Northeast are, are through the roof of people who are ready to get out from the snow and Chicago. Um, it gets windy there. I know. Um, so, but, but what I would say to the, to the lead, you know, the pie is only so big and the competition for that pie gets more and more. So any, in my opinion, these firms that, that, that promise you a huge amount of leads, that's pretty difficult because we're all trying to get them and spending money to do it. We then say though, the leads we do get, you know, you've got to have the plan, right? So we have a whole plan that we give you of how to foster those leads, how to communicate with them. Um, one of the things that we do that's kind of unique, and I think more and more people are aware that when they go to a website, right, there we're a little big brotherish and that we can see what you looked at um, when you, you know, when you sign up. And sure. so what we want to do, yes, we have the, hey, we, the email that goes out to thank you for registering for that. But our agent gets that notification right away. We definitely are on the, hey, you need to within an hour, you really should be contacting them because those statistics are true, right? The sooner somebody gets to someone, the more likelihood they are to get them. Um, but also, you know, what is that first communication? And what we kind of tell them is, for example, you know, we can see where that lead came from, right? There's IP addresses. And so if it is a lead in January from New York, your response might be the climate in Charleston is, you know, we're at, we're at 68 degrees today on January 3rd, right? And, and you might see also that they're looking at a lot of four and five bedroom homes, you know, are schools important to you? Ask them questions that make them want to communicate with you. 
And then with those leads, if you don't hear anything, have that plan, right? And schedule it so that you're not constantly looking through your leads list going, okay, who do I need to communicate now? Every time make a schedule. So, okay, two weeks, I'm going to reach out to this person again. And again, with our system and with lots of systems, right? You can go on the back end and see if they're coming back, what they're looking at, that type of thing. The biggest thing I would say though, is have a plan so that you can limit your amount of time during the week. Because really our plan is that if you have two hours, one day a week, you can foster your leads and do a lot of communication that looks like you're constantly looking at it. Um, but if you don't do that system well, you're going to be, you know, we all get busy then with a listing or a buyer. And then it's two weeks later, if you haven't done it and you go, okay, I don't know, I don't know who to communicate with, what to say, who to look at. So the planning portion of leads is really where it needs to be to, to be successful. I agree. And you just said something that was very important, which was two hours once a week can really plan out your follow-up uh, protocol, whether it's, you know, you're posting on social, whether you're writing personal notes, whether your phone calls, uh, text messages, um, maybe you're checking LinkedIn to see if any of your, uh, you know, sphere of influence had anything major happen this week with professionally. Um, and, and, but there are, there are, you, you, what's interesting is I think agents don't realize that they can do it in a couple hours a week. They, they right. think, oh my gosh, I have so many other hats I have to wear. And now I've, you know, I'm, I'm I don't have any inventory. I'm trying to find properties and rates are going up right. and everyone's freaking out. I, I don't have time to, to follow up with people. I don't even know what to say to people because, you know, I don't have uh, a whole lot of great news right now. And I, I think that's where someone like you are is so important, way more important than, hey, I've got leads for you. Um, not that there's anything wrong with getting some great leads from your, ma your managing broker, if that's, if that's a possibility. Um, but uh, I think most agents know that that's not really for most firms where, where the value comes in from the firm itself. It comes from having somebody like Drew, who's like, I will help you once you get a lead, right. you know, make sure we have solutions for your clients and I'll be there to guide you and them through the process. Right. Um, right. And, and, and let's just be honest too. I mean, not, not that we're not honest, but let's just say it like it is. Most firms don't have leads. <laughs> so right. be very right. careful. Um, right. Anyone listening, right. Yeah. I, and Drew, I don't mean to make you agree with everything I said, um, but I'm curious if, if, you know, people dangle the lead carrot uh, some firms will dangle that to oh, agents. of course of course yeah. and we don't you know our firm is very much we're trying to get you leads to supplement right for right. for our success and again we're a christie's affiliate you know part of the reason you join us is, is for that name as well but again sure. we want to give you tools and knowledge to help you get things the leads are just something that that hopefully come in and, and we have had people who are very successful with leads we have plenty of agents who don't take leads Right. They're, yeah. they're like, they, we've got our own way we do business. That's fine. Um, the people that do have leads, though, we try to really give them, okay, here's communication plans. Here's timing plans that you don't get snowed under by leads. And you keep going, well, every lead I get, nobody calls me back. No, nobody communicates with me. Okay. Well, well, how are you communicating with them? What are you saying? What can you give them, right? What kind of questions are you asking them that makes them want to interact? Not just the, how soon are you moving? How much can you afford, right? Those type of things or things that look like they were generated by a bot, right? And so it's just like this form letter back to them to go, okay, you know, show you're a real person. And again, that jumps back to what we talked about before, the knowledge and those things they can't find on the internet, that information, 
ask them if they'd like to know more about that type of question. And that's where you get those leads interacting with you. And again, you can show them, this is somebody that I want to work with. I was just thinking while you while you were saying earlier about really immersing yourself in the in local knowledge, right? Making sure whatever area is your you know area of of serviceability that you know the history and you know a lot of facts and and sort of day to day things that that you know somebody who might be moving into that area should know. I I just had this thought, and I'm curious if any of your agents have have started to do this. And uh, I know we're this is kind of out of the blue, but I was wondering, you know, as you start to learn, like if I was to move to Charleston and as I wanted to be a successful agent there, not knowing anything about Charleston and starting from scratch without any sphere of influence, I know one of the things that I would want to know if I were moving there, just as a uh, somebody who is moving to the areas, I'd want to know more about the history. So I was thinking, um, boy, it's a great opportunity for agents to you know, talk about this stuff on their social platforms to, you know, if they learn a really interesting fact about Charleston, for example, in your, in your case for your agents or, or a certain neighborhood or, or really um, they could now they can, you know, we all have those the really professional recording equipment in our pocket. We can turn around and do a Facebook live and say, I just learned the most interesting fact about X, Y, and Z um, and be able to really share that knowledge with their social uh, followers. Yes. I mean, it's become huge now to be able to show those pieces of information to people that make them want to use you to help them with real estate. Again, they can get so much information. Um, and that's that's really the thing that people have a hard time with is, okay, well, but, but I don't know what to tell them. I, I don't know what to show them. Well, that's where, you know, one, we, we do live in a great area where there's a lot of things to do, but this is where planning comes into place, right? Yeah. And even if you, uh, we like to tell our agents, right, you put things in the can, right? And so, hey, one day, it's a beautiful day, you might shoot three things, and you're not going to use those three until the next month, right? But, uh, you know, you're, you're always thinking about that, that, and, and again, the amazing thing that people really love about social media that we try to say, and, and don't get me wrong, high production is great. And, and we do luxury, but more and more people really want authentic, right? And they don't need you to look dressed to the nines or, you know, they like that you're, you were out for a walk and you saw a beautiful flower box on a home and you say, this is an amazing, you know, piece of art that is a flower box, right? And, and again, thankfully we live in a beautiful place. There's lots of things here, but also the being authentic because we have a lot of agents who say, well, I'm not an actor or an actress. You know, I, I don't do well on camera. And it's like, it doesn't have to be some high produced. Uh, we, and we do do some high production things. We, we do, you know, have a company that will do the fly throughs and the intro videos and all that stuff. And we do that a lot of times with some of our higher listings, but, but the more of showing that you're uh, again, down to earth, person that you see beauty in some of these things, an alley, a brick sidewalk, uh, you know, those type of things. And, and you can take it and in, in, in show someone um, some things. And again, any information that they may not know and, and give them a little bit of information. But this can be your kind of communication calendar to say, okay, hey, I'm going to walk on Saturday with downtown for an hour. And you might get eight things that you can use over the course totally. of two months. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, Drew, you just said something that's so valuable to our audience is walking, walking in your local community. I mean, it, even if it's 
okay, so we don't all live in beautiful Charleston, of course, but even if it's your local community and you go, well, there isn't a whole lot of beauty right now in my community. Okay. Well, how about featuring local businesses? How about saying, oh my God, this is the best restaurant in this neighborhood, or this is my favorite. And let's go talk to the owner, or let's just show you what the inside of, of this, uh, you know, whatever, uh, you know, might, might be interesting to, to the audience. And I think, um, it's a real, cool way to show how dedicated and passionate somebody is. It doesn't mean you have to act passionate, but being able to say, look at this cool thing um, in my, in my area is very exciting to people and really demonstrates that you're, you're all in as an agent. Right. Right. Well, and, and, and to that point, right. You know, you're selling someone a house, but if you can show them where they live, right. You, you, you have your house, but you live around the shops around you, around the restaurants around you, around the, it might be a lake or a water feature, you know, to be able to show them some of those things in a neighborhood or an area or, or downtown, a place they can easily walk or bike. Um, again, those are the things that, uh, and I know I've gotten back to this point, but again, people think they get so much information now, but when you show them, well, you really didn't have all the information um, they go, you know, oh, this person gets it, right? Yeah. I, I have to, I don't always just live in the home. I don't want to live, I want to live, you know, what's around me too. And they show me what that is. It's funny. I was thinking about this as you were uh, talking is I didn't realize that, and again, I'm not a practicing agent like yourself. And so I was, I always think about this from the consumer perspective. When I, when I got my most recent place, there is a target a mini, like a smaller target, not a full size target, but a, a mini target, we'll call it right downstairs. It's, you know, 20 steps away from where I live. Now that's a real obvious thing to people who shop at target. Um, I think women tend to be a bit more connected to target than men, just generally speaking, of course, you know, just sort of speaking in stereotypes, but right. as a man, I, I, as somebody who didn't shop at target before, um, I didn't realize the value of having a mini target, which has a, a full, uh, really nice, um, fresh produce section as well. Uh, I didn't realize the value of having that right downstairs. And then once I moved in, I was like, oh, that's really important because if I need anything, um, I have that right downstairs. And it sounds silly uh, or not silly, but sort of obvious, but I didn't think about it until after I'd already bought the place. Right. And I, that would have been really important just to have an agent come to me and say, hey, let's just imagine it's Saturday night, you're making dinner for someone and you, you missed an ingredient or you need to run out and get a bottle of wine or, or whatever. Right downstairs is a target with a fresh food place. Like that's, that's valuable. That's important. And right. it's in, in it more of an intangible a little bit. Um, but boy, I, I've lived there for a year now and I go there like three, four times a week, uh, just grabbing sure. things that I, I missed. I don't normally shop there. So I'm just making that point that like, that was really important to me. I, and, and the, the person who was showing me that property, I mean, they mentioned it, oh, there's target here. And, and sure, but they didn't sure. walk me through a, a real sort of scenario. And I think agents can do that. They get the uh, ability to say, let's think about what it's like to have this nearby and why it's important. Not just that it's convenient right. and grab your stuff there, but let's think about why that's actually really helpful. Right. Um, and, well, so, and, and think about doing that in a listing presentation, right? So you have a listing presentation and everybody wants to know how much you think it's worth in that. But, but say you ask that seller the question of, why do you love it here? What differences does it make? Because I want to convey that to other agents and buyers that come here. 
Think about in a listing presentation what that may mean to a seller going, yeah, you're right. It's not just my house. Here's why this was great. And I love walking yeah. here, or riding my bike here, or doing this. And you can say, you know what? I'm going to do a video showing me riding from the house to here and show how great it is. You know, that's the type of thing where somebody in a listing presentation sets you apart from other people and those other agents doing that listing presentation. Wow. I, Drew, I could talk to you all day about this. You and I are are you and I are kind of marketing guys at, at heart. Sure. And we're, we, we think about it from the client's perspective. And I think for everyone who's been listening, um, boy, you've just demonstrated some tremendous value and given our, our audience um, a lot to think about, especially during those listing presentations. I think that is such a great point to end on. Ask the seller when you're there, what what is really cool about living here? Yes, the in interior, we, we, we can, we're going to market the heck out of that. But I want to know what's the, what are things that people don't know about living here that is really cool? Cause I want to make sure that anyone who comes in knows about, I think just, and I, you said it way more elegantly than I did, but whatever, however you say that, that you, you not only is going to separate you, but it's really some, sometimes those are the little things that make the difference. Absolutely. Well, Drew, I, I so I, boy, I could talk to you for hours. Um, I but of course, Drew is busy running a massive, uh, a massive brokerage, a boutique brokerage, but with massive, massive sales. And Drew is a busy guy. Um, but I want to also tell anyone who is in the Charleston area who maybe you're not getting everything that you feel you deserve from your current broker, and if you're looking to see what other options exist. Um, you know, you should consider speaking with Drew. Now, of course, there not everyone is a fit for for his company, but he would love the opportunity to chat with you to see if there would be some synergy there. Um, so, Drew, uh, Drew is by the way with William Means Real Estate, also uh, Christie's affiliate, Christie's International. Very white glove, luxury brand, luxury firm, boutique office. Drew's a non-competing managing broker. He's literally there to help you succeed. And that is his only job. And yeah, that is absolutely. a great position. And 99% of firms, well, maybe I'm, I'm sort of making this number up, but it's probably about 95 to 99% of managing brokers <laughs> do not operate the same way. And right. I know this, Drew knows this. So this is a really cool thing. So if you feel like you're not getting the attention you deserve at your current firm, you want to explore another option, Drew, what's the best way an agent uh, should reach out to you? Sure. Um, it's just Drew, D-R-E-W at williammeans.com. And I'm happy to talk to people. And I, I will add, and this, this is for anyone, not just, you know, make sure you interview a firm. Um, they're not just interviewing you. You are interviewing them. And that's what Definitely. I always say when people come in to talk to me is this is a partnership. You're an independent contractor and, and we don't have success unless you have success and vice versa. So, you know, remember that, that, that you know, I, I feel like agents sometimes when they come in, they feel like they're interviewing and, and no, like your interview, the firm have questions, be, be, Find out how they're really going to help you. So, and, th and that's what we like to do. I love to talk to anyone also. And it, it, even if they have questions for me uh, that's not related about joining William Means, please feel free to reach out to me. Again, drew at williammeans.com. And, and, and I'd love to chat with anyone. And if there's anyone that's either moving to the South Carolina area, or, or sorry, well, I'm sure Drew can, uh, agents can assist uh, many different areas uh, around Charleston. But if you have uh, clients that are moving to that area, or if there is someone listening who is themselves moving out there and wants to work with a top agent in the area, please consider reaching out to Drew. He's got Absolutely. an amazing uh, team of realtors at William Means. 
Um, they are just some of the, the very top producing agents in that area. And they're all helmed underneath Drew, who is um, going to help them as well as you if you are an agent. So um, Drew, thank you so much. Oh, by the way, uh, everyone visit uh, Drew's website as well, which is uh, charlestonrealestate.com. Um, again, uh, Drew would love to, to chat with you, whether you're an agent looking for another office or maybe somebody who's looking to move, or if you're an agent and want to refer business to, you know, um, my parents had a, a second place in um, South Carolina for, for many, many, many years. And so, um, you know, referrals are a thing. Let's, uh, yeah, let's build absolutely. our referral network, everyone. And Charleston is a place where you should have uh, <laughs> some brokers that you can refer to, because guess what? A lot of your peak clients might end up moving there at some point. So Charleston is a great, uh, great destination. As Drew said, it's a destination. Let's build that referral network. Reach out to Drew and his team. Uh, reach him at Drew. His email is drew at williammeans.com or visit charlestonrealestate.com. Drew, thank you so much for being on our show. This You are a wonderful guest and really provided some great insight for our audience. Thank you. So thank you, DJ. You, you're welcome. It. On behalf of our audience, we thank you. On behalf of Drew and myself, we also thank our audience for continuing to make it to the end of the show and continue to support us. Best thing you can do, or the only thing we ask our agents to do aside from uh, supporting our amazing sponsors is also tell a friend. Think of one other agent that could benefit from hearing this exact episode with Drew and send them a link. Um, you can send them right over to our website, keepingitrealpod.com. Every episode we've ever done, you can stream right from a browser. They don't need to be a podcast person. They can just pull up a browser, click play, uh, right at keepingitrealpod.com. Drew, thanks so much. And we will see everybody on the next episode. Thank you. Oh, 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 oh.